welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 55. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Jessica Smart. Jessica is a former English teacher turned homeschooling mom of three. If you're into personality tests in Myers-Briggs, she's an ESTJ. Jessica is passionate about helping moms detach from the ever-present lure of technology and helping them recover from worry. She runs a mean 12-minute mile and can make just about anything dairy-free. Hey, Jess, welcome to We Are Free. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, tell me about this dairy-free menu you've got going on in your kitchen a little bit. We're dairy-free oh, yeah. over here. Tell me some of your favorites. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can make just about anything, but there's just not really a great substitute for cheese, I feel like. I don't know if you feel the same. So some some things, there's just, you know, not quite yes. the equivalent. But they do really love the, um, one of the, like, vegan cheeses that I'll do, like, pizza. I To me, I can taste the difference. Yes. But, you know, yeah, like, I can do, you know shepherd's pie and fried chicken and, you know, mashed wow. potatoes. What I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of pancakes we always do. And I, whenever I serve people, they're usually, at least they say <laughs> that they can't tell the difference. So, yeah. you know, I'm glad there are a lot of subs because when I was little, I was allergic to dairy and it was like, well, tough luck, just eat chicken, you yeah. know, <laughs> but now there's so many different like milks and butters and, you know, it's yes. like, fortunately... At yeah. least we have those. No, I hear you. We eat a lot of coconut-based stuff. Um, the yeah. cheese, Vera, love, well, creamy chow. It's a field roast, I think is the name okay. brand. But it melts pretty yes. good. So I don't know if you guys have had it, but. No, I need to look into that. I have heard of that. So Target has it. Give that one a try. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, I'm just learning how to do dairy-free everything. So um, mm. it's not so bad with what we got going on out here uh, in the grocery store. So I'm grateful for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys, Jessica has written two books, um, one memory making mom and the other let them be kids. And I'm excited to chat with her today about creating a Christ centered home and what that looks like and what childhood, um, is meant to look like and maybe what's missing from it today. Um, so Jessica, if you could just first start us out by, and this is probably a very loaded question, but mm-hmm. what do you believe is the problem with childhood these days? What's missing from childhood? Um, what's lacking? Yeah. What's, what's wrong? Do you think? Yeah. Well, when you and I were kids, I mean, you look from your little tiny picture like you're about my age. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are. Yeah. Like, you know, we um, we had, I think, a lot more downtime um, so that we could create things and explore and also just do dumb things that were kind of meaningless. But I think, as it turns out, weren't so meaningless because it was creating a lot of things in our brains and also bonding us with other people. And nowadays, A, so to answer your question, I think it's two-part. A, super busy. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so busy. B, um, technology. And not to like dive in already, like I'm I'm very – I mean, I'm talking to you because of technology. So I'm not anti-technology. Like I was able to write a book because of technology and I don't know how I ever got anywhere on the road without technology, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's – we're kidding ourselves if we're – not seeing how it's impacting kids developing. And so right out of the gate, I would just say, you know, it's never too late to what I say, back the bus up, like 
say, okay, just today, right now, like whoever's listening, wherever you are, you're scrubbing the dishes, you're sweeping the floor, you're driving, whatever. If you hear this and you think, I kind of feel like maybe I've gotten on the wrong track, like it is absolutely not too late. And I really firmly believe that down to my core that we can start today to make changes in whatever areas, if it's busyness or technology, or just we want to add more like, you know, my first book, like make more traditions or make memories or whatever it is like God, um, nothing is too late for him. And so I don't want this to be like a guilt thing, Mm -hmm. but to answer your question, yeah, like I think we're all going to look back. I think culture and time will show that we realized, I heard a speaker saying that she, she was kind of equivalenting, equivalenting, is that the word? Sure, we're going to go with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was just saying how she feels like technology will be like the cigarettes or mm-hmm. the tobacco of this age, where now you look back and you're like, oh goodness, it's so dangerous. And that even in like, I mean, you can maybe speak to this from the West Coast, but like even in like Silicon Valley, like people are realizing it's not great for kids. Right. And so I think there's going to be this counter movement of trying to kind of like um, redo how we've done some of that. Mm-hmm. But those are the two big things I would say is that we're very busy and both parents and kids are impacted by technology. And so that just bleeds into the family in a lot of different ways, impacted by technology in negative ways. And that's, so that's a super long answer. But (laughs) no, that's great for you guys, for your family personally, because I know this line is probably different and like this again, like this is a can of worms. Like there's so much technology Mm -hmm. and different things and some of it's beneficial, some of it's not, but like what is the line for you guys, for your family, like where you say, okay, this is either, this is benefiting us or this is just, this is hurting us. Cause it's, it's not just sitting in the middle. Do you mean like specifically? Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. For your household, like what is, what have so, you found that was best for you guys? So right now I'm just, I'm holding it off as long as I can. And I'm not, I don't think that's a sticking my head in the sand. It's a very purposeful and research decision Mm -hmm. that I believe children's brains need a lot of things to develop. And not any of those are intrinsically necessarily technology driven. So I'm going to save this time. I'm going to, you know, now when I say technology, we watch movies as a family, Mm -hmm. like my mom has a Wii and uh, I think that's what it's called. It's like, a yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a Wii. And they play all kinds of stuff, you know, there. Um, not, we aren't, you know, first person shooter games is something we're going to steer away from. But I'm not saying like, oh my goodness, that's a device. Everyone walk away. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, but in our home, um, video games aren't, or aren't in our home. I had, um, my old pastor had, kids, you know, college age. And I asked him one time, what would you do differently? Like just not at all knowing what he would say, what would you do differently? Like if you could do it over again. And he said, I never would have introduced video games. And I thought that was really telling. He had two boys and a girl just like I did. And, um, so I guess I just kind of trusted him a little bit. You know, I really do think he knew, you know, he he had been really impacted by that. And, um, so I'm just not going to go there in our home. I think I've learned once you let them do it one time, they're going to ask a lot of other times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can never uninvite it in the home. Um, so we'll push that off for as long as I can and just do other things. Now, that's I have plenty of great friends that have that in their home and they've gotten a handle on it. So I'm not saying that's the only way, but right. you asked like for our home, yep. that's 
I'm not, I don't, I've never for one half a second thought, oh, I wish we did have that in our home. Yeah. Maybe I have at certain points. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But not like really, you know? Yep. Um, and Maybe in a moment of like, just right. needing a moment for yourself or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, and my kids don't have phones. Now, you know, I get that there's like a lot of different, you know, needs and, you know, scenarios out there, we've been fortunate enough to not really need them. Um, But I think when it gets to the point where we do, for whatever logistical reason, I will try my hardest to find something that doesn't have social media. And it's like a communication device. So... I think they'll but still exist, think, perhaps. I mean, I, hope, <laughs> I think they're going to have a comeback because I do think there are people who yeah. want it even for themselves or, you know, their kids. But, um, you know, the other thing I would mention is as they're getting older, like my husband and I have done a lot of thinking about they are going to get a phone. Like you can push it off, but eventually they're going to. And yeah. so what are, and this is like a lot of things I deal with in the book is like, how can you develop the traits in them? So that when they are, you know, immersed in what our culture is, they have the skills and abilities to be, you know, a growing, healthy, functioning adult. Yeah. So it's not so much now like protect, protect, protect forever, but also to like, how can we grow you so that when you have the opportunity to sit and watch porn nonstop, yep. you won't want to. Yeah. So like, how do we do that? How do you, how, What I guess that's the flip side of that question is, how do we not fix it because it's not like a one-time fixed thing, but how do we do better for our kids? How do we create connected Christ-centered homes where when they do have that option, they're, they're not choosing it. Right. I mean, the whole book is about that. Mm-hmm. So it would be, it's hard to mm-hmm. like, there's so many pieces of it. Um, I'll mention three. Okay. I think one is showing them the really good life. Like, I don't think any of us feel like we're our best selves scrolling Instagram. I certainly don't. Right. I mean, it's, I enjoy it here or there. It's, you know, but my best life is like the adventures that I've gone on and the f- sitting down with our really good friends and having dinner, or delicious food. And, you know, those are the moments that give me life. And so I think part A is like bringing our kids to the face of like, what does the really good life look like? And helping them to develop interests and, um, so part B is to bond them to our, to ourselves. And I, the whole thing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a young mom ish, you know? So like, I'm saying this all like, Lord, I think this is right, but show me, help me, you mm-hmm. know, but also have, you know, I am relying on a lot of older moms and kind of what they've said looking back. But, um, I do feel like family is so important, like that bonding to the family. Um, so however you can, do that in your family, you know, to have mm-hmm. shared hobbies and traditions and, you know, just at the bottom line for your kids to know that like they matter to you, you know, really and truly, not just like, cause you're one of us, like you're stuck here, but I'm loved. Like they know me. I, these are my people. Yeah. So I think that's part two. Okay. And then three is, and this I get at the end of the book, but like, you know, we are all going to mess up. I'm a grown woman who wasn't raised on technology and I struggle every day to like, Lord, please help me to be present and not be on my phone. And so I think three is like realizing that there's grace, you know, from us and from God and that he is the only one that can really help us live that way that we want to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 
No, definitely a daily thing of it just, there's so much at our fingertips. Um, Jessica, let's, I want to dive back into kids being bored for a second. I feel like a lot of people agree that's a good thing. Um, I think in all honesty, it's a hard thing for me personally sometimes to like not feel like I have to entertain or, you know, something. So I know I can't be the only person thinking that I know it's good, but sometimes it's hard. Tell me why uh, you think it's good and how how we let that or create an environment where where that happens. And we don't, we're not always swooping in trying to, you know, one up whatever the environment is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a good boredom and a bad boredom. And so we're talking about the good boredom, which is where you're just a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> you don't have that immediate gratification of whatever you're wanting to entertain you. And um, so much of childhood happens in that time. I mean, I wish I could think of a great example, but like there's just so many. The one I mentioned in the book is my kids and their little cousins making this um, <laughs> this snake making store. Mm-hmm. So it was like very serious and they use paper and like crayons and make all varieties of snakes. If anyone is interested, I can, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you awesome. know, you're right. And they're so serious and right. just spent so much time on this snake store. And it's the cutest stinking thing um, that wouldn't have happened if we, I don't think, maybe, I don't know, but, you know, mm-hmm. I think just in having that space to like, okay, well, what are we going to do to entertain ourselves? Um, and then when you're by yourself and being able to be creative on your own, my kids have come up with all sorts of little games and stuff. But the flip side is, I think that it does take some work to kind of set the environment for them because it would be cruel to just shove somebody in a blank room all day, right. you know? So it's this balance, like even yesterday, by about four o'clock, we're living in a small townhome now while we build a house. And um, so there's less to do and there's less outdoors, which I'm a huge fan of. And I started feeling like, okay, this is the bad kind of boredom. Like I really probably need to like take them to a park or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, (laughs) step in somehow. And I couldn't because of our day. And so they just were kind of being annoying. Um, but taking them outside, um, getting them with, with friends, you know, giving them different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like manipulatives, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, here's a cardboard box and some, like, what can you do? Um, so it takes a little bit of work on our part to kind of give them the supplies sometimes, but it is a fine line between giving those supplies and feeling like you're the entertainer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vera calls it setting setting up stations. I I don't know what's somewhere along the line. I used to like set up stations, and you know she likes yes, that. Which exactly. Is, I feel like that's good. Okay, this is my idea, but what do you think? Or here's all these things. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with them? Right. Uh, that's good. Um, so your book is called "Let Them Be Kids." Um, what freedom, like as parents, would you say is in the idea of like letting kids be kids? It's good for them and it's good for us. I feel like how do how does that idea help us take the pressure off of ourselves to, um, if you are type A and you're listening and you take things really seriously or, you know, how do we, how does that give us a little bit of freedom and room to um, let them explore and grow and be kids without us feeling stressed about it all the time? 
I mean, I think a big thing is that our society is putting so much pressure on parents to have their kids in so many different things and great at so many different things. And I think that the research is going to show, it's already showing, you know, in, in sports and in academics that a lot of this early stuff, like get them out there pitching when they're, you know, six and a half or, you know, they've got to read by the time they're four. Like it, as it turns out, I think that's rushing a lot of things. And so um, I really think despite what all of culture is telling you and what you feel like other parents are doing, that we can take some things off of our schedule Mm -hmm. and you can take a big giant breath and say, you know, I don't need to be, I mean, it's hard to say the specifics, but I just think in general, that we probably have to do a lot less of that organized stuff than we think we do. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge relief because I think parents are super stressed with having to like drive everywhere and, you know, these perfect birthday parties and lessons for this and that. And so um, I, I guess I would just say like, if that's your life and you're feeling a little stressed to just say, you know, God, where do you really want me? Like, you know, this kid, um, you made him or her. And so what are, what can I let go mm-hmm. in our life? And I think that would be a huge relief. Yeah, definitely. What makes you feel like you're being the mom, the person, the woman that God created to be for your kids? Like what makes you feel most like in, I don't know, in tune or like on a roll mm-hmm. with whatever's going on? You know, what, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, you mentioned the Myers-Briggs. Uh-huh. I'm, I am super into like personality stuff. Me too. And I don't know if you've done like the Enneagram. Oh, but uh, girl, I've done the Enneagram. What are you? <laughs> I'm a six. Okay. Okay. I only know a couple sixes. I'm a one. Uh, okay. So there, I think there's a lot to like those, those numbers and where you are in health. And so for mm-hmm. me, um, I guess technically I am so not an Enneagram expert, (laughs) but I have a seven wing, which is, you know, seven is spontaneous and fun loving. And so when I kind of like lean into that role for my family, I feel really alive. And so when I'm less like scared, everyone's going to (laughs) die and and more like party planner and activities. And so that's me, but whatever mom's listening, like we know when we're our healthiest and I think you're not going to be somebody else, you know? And that's the terrible thing about Instagram is you see people's posts and that's, you know, may or may not be something that God is calling you to do. But I think we all know, like I was made to do this and this is where I feel really great. And so I'm passionate about, you know, encouraging moms to do those kinds of things with your kids. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I'm a one and in health, I'm a, I'm lean towards seven. So oh, I can totally relate. Know. And I'm married to a seven. So I get the whole seven. Oh, I have a lot yes. of seven friends, but um, I totally agree. Like I think ones and sixes are similar in some stuff. Yes. And like when you like feel a little freer and a little more chill and like a little uh-huh. more like fly by the seat of your pants, like it feels kind of good. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for me personally, like I know my daughter, like, yes, the structure and the type anus that I have is, um, I just said anus. 
<laughs> A-ness, hyphen, N-E-S-S, um, is good for her in a lot of ways. But I also can tell that when we are out, when it's just the two of us and we like, let's just go to the beach and like run and walk up all the stairs and get our feet in the sand. Like it's so good for both of us. And I, my point is just to second what you're saying is like, when we are feeling our healthiest, like it's so good for our kids. Like they can, they feel that. Um, I've definitely experienced that. I, I have you ever read Rachel Jankovic? I think that's how you say her name. She wrote Loving the Little Years. No, I haven't. It's so good. Okay. You should link to those two. Okay. But she has a chapter in, I think her second book, um, which I'm drawing a blank on right now, the title, but she has something in there about like, if you feel like you need to find yourself, like those moments, like do that with your family. Yeah. Like I, don't escape your kids, which I mean, sometimes I'm all for like a good getaway, but yeah. But I think she's getting at like how, you know, what you just said, find your life with your family. And that's kind of been a shift in my thinking, like when I feel like I'm in a rut and my gut is like, oh, I just need a mom's day or like, I just need to get away with my husband or I'm just, you know, and there is, there is a time and place for that, but also kind of digging back and saying like, how can I find joy with my kids? That's really good. I like that a lot. Um, and I've experienced the benefits of that too. So, um, I totally agree. Um, in your other book, uh, memory making mom, you talk a lot about tradition, um, and with the holidays coming up, I feel like a lot of people have, you know, holiday traditions. Um, but Jessica, tell us why you believe traditions are so important. And also, like, how can we, like, take on that um, that mindset, like, year-round, not just like, oh, we're going to go get a Christmas tree. But, like, what else do you guys do? Give us some ideas about how to start including more of that in our lives. Yeah, Um and what was the first part the first of the question? Part is, I'm sorry. Oh, just tell me like why you think it's important. Why did you write oh, yeah, like memory yeah. making mom? Like, why? right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like, and maybe this is my six coming out, but I really traditions are one of the only things they're going to leave with. Like that's a little bit of a depressing way to say it, but that is, um, <laughs> I'm like, Oh I, man, I, I really got to get on I, this. No, no, no. <laughs> memories. Let's say that memories okay. are what they're leaving with. And so, um, Packing, I think it was Sally Clarkson who said this, but I can never find it. But she said something like packing their suitcase full of memories. And I loved that analogy. Um, So, you know, I fail at this a lot, but I think the holidays are a great time to do this. And just having those traditions that say, okay, it's this time of the year. One we do is our smart family day. So we do it in the um, like late summer Mm -hmm. and it's just a day to celebrate us and Um, we have food that we love and we go do something we've never done. And then we do like this little award ceremony for the kids where it's like, (laughs) which it sounds way more complicated than it is. It's like, I print off, (laughs) you know, off of Google, like a little certificate and write in, you know, best at learning to read this year kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but they, it's so precious to them and they're going to remember that their whole lives. Yeah. So Um, I give a lot of ideas, you know, in memory making mom and you don't have to do them all, but I think a family that wanted to be more intentional would, you could just kind of pick a few different areas that are important to you Mm -hmm. and say like, we're committing that this is something we're all going to do. So yeah, I did that answer all of those. Yeah. Outside of like being, it being the thing that they're going to take with them, these memories, like why, why else do you think it's good? Like in the here and now? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's a way of reminding your kids that you actually like them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's really something powerful. In, they know we love them, but like, hey, everybody, let's go hop in the car and go, you know, drive and get some ice cream or whatever bad example for the dairy allergy but (laughs) um, you know let's let's go let's just randomly go you know swimming we you know whatever it is um I think the kids it's like their faces light up and they kind of can see mom and dad actually are like they enjoy us and our family means something to them so it's a really powerful way to fill their bucket to make memories with them and I mean another thing I don't know if you were thinking of something in particular that I mentioned in memory Mm -hmm. mom but you know it is good to traditions are great connectors and so with our faith traditions or even you know continuing to do things that your parents did or your husband's parents did um we need more of that, I think, in society because we're so independent. And I think there's this push to like everything that's new and different and rewriting everything. And so kind of grounding in like there's a whole wide world outside of you. And, you know, we have believers across the globe and across time. And so it, it does something even more powerful than just having a great memory for yeah. your family. Yeah, no, definitely. How do we, as moms, um, as Christian women who are trying to create these, Christ, you know, Christ-centered homes, um, we're not perfect, obviously, and we're going to mess up, and we're going to not always be Christ-like. Um, how do we give ourselves grace as we as we look at all these things we've been talking about today and start to implement them? Um, how do we give ourselves grace when we're just maybe not feeling like we're creating a very Christ-centered home? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's right. Like, that's the whole point of why Jesus came, Mm -hmm. because we actually aren't perfect (laughs) in any way. Like, we can't make the memories. We can't be the mom that, you know, creates this idyllic childhood. Um, We're going to mess up. And so, I, I would be distraught without that reminder that Jesus came not because we're perfect and he loved us, but because we're just a hot mess. And so those moments where you feel like I'm doing this all wrong, um, you know, the Bible says when I'm weak, then I'm strong because in Christ, he is our strength. And so those are actually the ideal times to really grow and have something good accomplished when you just say like, God, I need you. I'm messing up here. I don't know what to do. I feel like we've gotten into some bad patterns but I need your help. Will you please come help me? I have prayed that so many times and God always answered us. I think he's very faithful to come near to us when we say that we need him. Mm -hmm. Um, How have you seen your kids respond to everything we've been talking about and just like the boredom or, um, you know, having intentional connections, traditions? um, How have you seen them grow and just respond to this? If somebody is maybe newer mm-hmm. and trying to implement some of this, just some like encouragement or motivation be like, Hey, this yeah. is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never regret it because even the small things are so meaningful. It's the most meaningful thing that I do. And I do a lot of things that don't really matter. I spend a lot of time not doing things that are meaningful. But when I look back, the times where we all had dinner together, you know, or I made a special breakfast or, you know, 
all, all the little traditions we have, like those are our most treasured um, times as a family. The story that I told in Memory Making Mom was um, my son, I tried to add like make dinner a little more special and pretty. And so I was clipping off little roses out of our backyard <laughs> and putting them in a jar. And he he was like six, you know, and very boy. And he, I remember him saying, are you doing that for us? And oh. I was like, yeah, we're going to have family dinner. And he like runs and tells his brother, mom's cutting flowers. We're having family dinner. And that's the kind of thing where you're like, who even thought that they noticed? Right. <laughs> you know, a six year old boy. Yeah. Yeah. But they really do. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. Um, that's something I've been thinking about a lot too, is just like how much my daughter is for and, she is very, I mean, she's a very observant uh, kind of person anyway, but just like not in like as communication continues and grows like between us, like hearing the things that she has noticed and is noticing, it's really powerful for me to be like, okay, like we're going to, let's keep doing more of the good stuff and really watch yeah. the other stuff because um, they notice and they're absorbing it and they're, they're acting on it. So um, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that he noticed that. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, um, out of everything that you've researched in your own life and parenting and um, implementing these things and trying to create that the Christ-centered home for your family, um, what do you feel over the years that God has set you free from? I guess probably just a little bit of what we were just talking about, that ultimately my kids are in His hands. Um, because it can te be tempting to think of it all as a formula. And if you just get this right and you just do this, this, and this, then, you know, maybe they'll all um, end up to be, you know, Boy Scouts and not go to jail and love Jesus and have the right amount of grandkids and live next to you and everything will be perfect. <laughs> like, um, But I think just knowing that, like, they belong to him. And I've heard so many stories of people who had terrible upbringings, but the Lord protected them and watched over them and, um, you know— that just takes a huge load off to know that I am going to mess up. I'm not going to do this right, but um, that my kids belong to him and he's holding on to them and he made them. Yeah, that is really freeing. Um, thank you for that reminder. Um, and thanks for sharing all of this. Um, where can people find you online, on Instagram, check out your books? Yeah, the books are on Amazon, Let Them Be Kids and Memory Making Mom. And I'm um, on Instagram, Jessica.smart. And yeah, my blog, Smarter Each Day. Smarter has two T's. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, I recommend you go follow Jessica and see what she's up to over on Instagram. Uh, it's a fun place to follow along. Uh, thanks so much just for your time and for sharing this stuff and for encouraging us all to... Um, have a little bit more connection and intentionality and adventure in our lives. I think that is, it's all good and it's um, just a great reminder for us. So thanks, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.